What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we are going to be joined by our buddy Danny Cannell, who will join us to preview some of the games happening this week in SEC Week 12. We'll also get his thoughts, early thoughts on the SEC title game. What's going on with Jimbo at AM, the Auburn coaching search, and much more? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Sports. Sign up on the underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Without further ado, let's welcome in our guy, Danny Cannell, courtesy of Bet Online. Check him out at BetOnline.net. Danny, how are you, man? Chris, it is always great to be with you. I love our visits. It's bittersweet, though, because here we are, and we're down the home stretch of the season. It's flown by. I know the debates are getting more fun, and we're getting closer to the playoff and conference championship weekend, but it's always bittersweet, man, because it's so much fun. We love what we do. It just goes by too fast. It really is, and this week has gotten a little bit better in the SEC, but it still is a lot of cupcakes, and I'm I'm just so done with these. Like, these all need to be out of the way in the first three weeks of the season. The fact we're getting Alabama-Austin P, like, come on, what are we doing? We should be playing nine conference games. There should be SEC games this weekend, and let's, let's move these games out of the way. But there are some interesting games. Before we get into them, I do want to get an early thought from you because we did get the SEC championship game set. LSU clinched it. Brian Kelly in year one going up against Georgia. I've seen some of the early lines. I'm waiting for Ben Online to have their official line out there, but I've seen LSU at least a two a two touchdown underdog, if not around a 16, 17 point underdog. You got an early thought. Can, can LSU hang with Georgia in this game? I don't think so. I mean, it's been an unbelievable year for Brian Kelly. It's been, you know, a great turnaround, but we watched the Arkansas game. Like I and I know they've had some impressive wins and they beat Bama, but I don't think Bama's as great as they, you know, have been traditionally. I mean, they're and I'm kind of upsetting, riling up some some Bama fans by just pointing out that I think you're starting to see sort of the erosion of the dynasty, maybe at the foundation. I don't think they're gonna fall apart. I don't think they're going anywhere, but there have been a lot of one possession games for Bama this year and last year. And Bryce Young has won Bama a lot of games, kind of bailed them out. So, like, LSU, that that win, it's it's nice and it's great for them and it's huge for Brian Kelly. But then the following week, and I know the conditions were weird and I know it was rough and I know they won the game. That's all that matters. But I just – I think Georgia's kind of in a league of their own right now in the SEC and the entire country. I mean, Tennessee was supposed to be a really close game. I don't think the score was indicative of what Georgia could have done had they wanted to. Jaden Daniels maybe provides some intrigue. Like, if he could kind of take over a game, I think that could make it interesting. Maybe I'd look at the over. But I think I think, I think Georgia's going to pull away. So, I, I hope I'm wrong because I would love – I want the championship game to be compelling. But I have a feeling that Georgia's going to be able to, similar to what we saw against Tennessee, like kind of call their shot. I feel like that's what we're going to see unfold. 
Yeah, if anything, Harold Perkins, big number 40 for LSU, the true freshman <laughs> linebacker. He'll he can add, change the game, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll add some intrigue. Maybe, maybe they can put him a kickoff return, punt return, <laughs> offense, just let him do it all. But uh, we'll have a couple weeks to uh, get into that one. But I just wanted your early thought. And I do have some other thoughts on going around the SEC. In your opinion, from afar, and obviously you, you had Jimbo there at Florida State for, for many years, but what exactly has happened at, at Texas A&M? And it'll kind of – a segue into our game this week. They are playing one and nine UMass, and they're thirty three and a half point favorites. My inclination, Danny, is to jump on UMass plus the thirty three and a half because the way A and M has played this year, I don't know if they could beat anybody by thirty three points. A and M hasn't been over thirty points since week one, where they had thirty one against Sam Houston State. Like they have not been anywhere close to the expectations of what they came in. I mean, Vanderbilt has a better record. That's that's crazy that Vanderbilt has a better record this year than Texas A&M. You ask kind of what happened. I think what you're seeing unfold with Jimbo this year is a culture problem. Like, I, And there's a, there's a clearly an offensive problem too. But I think this is kind of the territory you get in when you have so much success recruiting. And, you know, that number one ranked, you know, recruiting class has been discussed so many times. But it's not the first, you know, great recruiting class he's had there at Texas A&M. But what happens when you get a collection of athletes that are expecting to compete for SEC championships and division titles and expecting to contend, what happens when you don't is always a very interesting scenario. Like, do they keep responding? Do they keep fighting? Or do they throw in the towel? And I think what you've seen from a lot of those players on that roster whether they're freshmen or upperclassmen, as they've said, you can kind of see it on the field. Like, what's there left to play for? Like, who cares about a bowl? We came here to win win titles. And once you're out of that race, I think you see a tendency to kind of – because, I mean, look at what happened when they when they played against Bama. That was Bama, right? So that's a big – like, let's give it our best effort. And they were in that game. You know, it came down to the wire. I do think some of it's an effort issue and kind of, you know, culture culturally, how do you keep in, those players invested – and clearly there's a problem with the offensive philosophy that I'm very curious to see if Jimbo, who is stubborn like almost every single head coach in college football, is he going to be stubborn enough to say, hey, fire me if you don't like it and I'm going to keep calling my own plays? Or does he look, take some self-reflection, kind of separate himself from it and say, all right, maybe not only this year, but throughout the course of my career, my offenses have underperform somewhat and they like and if you go back and you look at most offenses Jimbo has run without Jameis Winston they've been good but far from great and with the talent that he's had you can make an argument that they should have been great so I think if he and here's the thing Chris that I think could be scary if Texas A&M and Jimbo went out they could get anybody they want to they've got the they got the money they can go out and get the best offensive coordinator they want. Garrett Riley at TCU's down the street. I mean, you can go anywhere. I don't know if Garrett Riley would go there. They could hire anybody they want, and Jimbo could go back into a role that he watched Bobby Bowden do at Florida State. That's where I think he could learn something from his tenure at Tallahassee. Was Bobby Bowden was a figurehead because we we know Jimbo can recruit, we know he can win championships, and get back to establishing the culture and get back to oversight so that you don't have a couple knuckleheads as freshmen or goofing around. Maybe it's gone on too long, and then it becomes this really ugly problem. You have to kick them off the team. Maybe you can go back to being, you know, handle the, be the face of the team, oversee game situations, but say, all right, 
DJ Durkin, you're going to run the defense, and whoever you are, you're going to run the offense. I'm going to step back. I think Texas A&M can be as dangerous as anybody in the country, but I don't know if he's willing to do that. And I think truly do that is the question, Chris. That's why I kind of alluded to, I don't know if Gary, Garrett Riley would want that. It's going to have to be ironclad with whoever, if they go out and get an offensive coordinator, this is your offense. I'm not going to get involved with it at all, and I don't know if Jimbo's going to be willing to go that far. Yeah, maybe the uh, administration can make him go that far and say, look, we're not going to buy you up, but we're going to take full control away from you. And instead of paying right. 80, $90 million for a buyout, let's go spend $20 million on the best OC, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hand could, that guy though, to you. Chris, he could be like, <laughs> I'll take the buyout. Right. <laughs> you know, he's got that much leverage because it is so restrictive, and we'll see how it unfolds. I do think Jimbo will look I – I think he'll make the right decision. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of games happening this weekend, Danny. Uh, eight and two old miss. Uh, close loss to Alabama, close loss to LSU. They go to Arkansas. Ole Miss only around a two and a half point favorite, according to our friends at Bet Online. Um, this one intrigues me because it feels like it's going to be cold weather, but if Ole Miss just runs the ball with Quinchon Judkins, he's the SEC leader, leading rusher, like I feel like a and Ole Miss will run away with this one. KJ Jefferson is back for Arkansas, so maybe that's why this line is close, but uh, Ole Miss has been so good, just dominant, you know, running the ball. I feel like they should be able to move the ball against Arkansas. Uh, I have a question for you. Who is Ole Miss's best win? That's a good like question. Kentucky, yeah. maybe like when, yeah. and that's kind of diminished Auburn. It's kind of diminished. Like, so they've been, they've had good losses, I guess you could argue, but like for me in Texas A&M's kind of falling apart. We're seeing what, where they are. So I'm I'm a little bit worried about Ole Miss in this spot. I also think Arkansas at five and five with two games left, needing to get to bowl eligibility. We saw the effort they put forth without KJ Jefferson last week against LSU. I think this is a prime prime spot for Arkansas to kind of like put forth a performance that I'm very curious to see what Ole Miss still has to play for after coming off a rough loss. Like, is there a little bit of a hangover effect? And meanwhile, Fayetteville, you know the place is going to be rocking. They're seeing it as an opportunity against one of the top-ranked teams in the country to potentially get bowl eligible. I think Arkansas could be in a spot here. Now, remember how this game unfolded last year. It was wild, right? Sam Pittman goes for two at the end of the game. Both teams scored over 50. I don't know if we'll get that. But I think this will be a game that comes down to the wire. And if I got a home dog here against a team, I don't want to say fraudulent because Ole Miss is a very good team and they and they have played some really good opponents, including Alabama, really tough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Arkansas as the home underdog here. By the way, I just a side note, that last possession and last series for Ole Miss against Alabama, like w- to put the hands in Jackson Dart and take it out of Quinshawn Judkins was just mind-blowingly like unaware of the way the entire game had unfolded. Yeah. So I, just a side note, right? That was just curious. Why? Because Jackson Dart, I think it's been okay. I don't think he's been great, but right. you want to put the hands, you want to put the ball in the hands of your best player and he didn't get a touch in that last four plays. I was, that was mind blowing. Yeah. I was thinking the, the screen game, get, get the ball out of yeah. Dart's hands, get it into D- Judkins hands. I mean, even running the football, I felt like he was getting four or five yards a clip. So yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes uh, we question the uh, the guys who make all the big money, and, and we're sitting here doing this. But uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, one more thought, Danny, on a, a game this week, and we already kind of talked about Georgia, you know, in the SEC title game. But does Kentucky have any chance to keep this one close against Georgia this weekend? Because they're big underdogs in Lexington. They are. I'm going to go ahead and take the points. What is it, 19 right now? Currently, where it sits? Yeah, right around 1920 at Bet Online. It's a big number. 
George, I don't think George is going to lose, but I do think if like when you look around the country and you pick a lot of these games, you look like Michigan, they play Illinois is around the 19 point favorite too. They need style points. They need to run up the score because their schedule hasn't been great. Georgia doesn't need, they have zero incentive to win big. I don't think Stetson Bennett's in the Heisman, maybe he's in the Heisman race, but statistically, I don't think they're worried about getting him stats. So I'm curious to see where Georgia is coming down the home stretch. Like they can pull their guys, stay healthy for the SEC championship game for Georgia Tech next week. And for Kentucky, this has got to be like the last gasp, you know, effort that they've got seniors coming down the home stretch. And I do think you'll see their best performance, which to me would be Chris Rodriguez, you know, running the football. Will Levis has been, you know, I would say underperformed as far as relative to expectations. Um, and if you can run the football, which is very much a question mark, but at least try to slow the game down, that to me says it could be hard for Georgia to blow out Kentucky. So I'll go ahead and take the points. This is probably one of the least favorite games as far as which side you know you would take in this one. But I'll go ahead and take the home dog here with that big of a number, kind of situationally where everything stands on the season. Will Levis needs a big, you know, big game for the NFL scouts that'll be watching. Although with the offensive line, how porous it's been, I don't know if he gets it, but I think you could see that if they do get down late, he could still like a backdoor cover could be in play. So I'll go ahead and take Kentucky in the points. Yeah, Kentucky football loses to Vandy. Kentucky basketball loses to Michigan State. They're selling a lot of bourbon this week in Lexington, Danny. So we'll see if uh, they can keep this one close. More with Danny Cadell in just a second. But, guys, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. You just go to the Underdog Sports app, and, of course, you click on Pick 'em. You click on college football, and you can see some of the over-unders over over on the app right now. I'm looking at Oregon uh, versus Utah. They got some of the uh, over-unders here. I like Bo Nix over 34.5 rushing yards in this one. I like him over 264.5 passing yards. So you can go with those if you want. Cameron Rising, the Utah quarterback, he's over under 244.5. Might go over there. Come on, it's Utah and Oregon. It's going to be a shootout. You can get it all right here on the Underdog app. Go to Underdog, make your own picks just like I just did. It's easy to play. It's available in over 30 states. You just pick between two and five players across any team and decide if they're going to finish higher or lower than the win total or the uh, total that is posted. One of the easiest fantasy-to-play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. You deposit 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON. Get in on the college football pick-em action today. Also, to remind you guys, Houston's biggest college football event is returning December 28th with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Don't miss out on your chance to be a part of the passion, the pageantry, and the fun as the college football season draws to a close with the Big 12 taking on the SEC in a primetime showdown at NRG uh, Stadium with conference bragging rights on the line. Tickets will go on sale Sunday, December 4th at TaxActTexasBowl.com, but you can visit their website today and join the priority wait list now to get your first chance to buy tickets and exclusive discounts. I was at the Texas Bowl last year. It's an awesome, fun experience. You don't want to wait uh, to get your tickets. Get those uh, really good seats that will be available if you go sign up on their priority wait list. That's tax, taxacttexasbowl.com. 
tailgating, live music, great food and drinks, and the spirit and energy that make college football so much fun will be on full display for a fantastic night of college football. It will be held December 28th in prime time at NRG Stadium, TaxActTexasBowl.com for all the details and to sign up for the priority wait list. That's TaxActTexasBowl.com. Continue our conversation with Danny Cannell. Danny, just got a couple more for you. Uh, one game as we look at this weekend, Tennessee is around a 21.5-point favorite at South Carolina. Um, that's according to Bet Online. What does Hendon Hooker have to do these last couple of games? Because I think he's going to get an invite to New York for the Heisman, but is there anything he can do to raise his Heisman stock these last two weeks playing uh, two lesser opponents? Does he have a time machine? <laughs> like, I hate it, but I really felt like Hendon Hooker lost the Heisman against Georgia. I do. I, and he had a couple missed throws that, you know, would have could have changed the complexion of that game. Georgia probably wins. I felt like if he would have had statistically a big game and lost by a field goal, then maybe he still could have won it. But unfortunately, on that stage with that many people watching, and here's the thing that drives me nuts, and I am a Heisman voter. I don't know if you are as well. With 900 voters, it feels like everybody's got to <laughs> vote. I think that not every Heisman voter tunes in to watch every game, but they watch that game, and without a conference championship game to play in, I don't think he can you know, win it. Now, you could see collapses, but I just feel like there's other good candidates that have opportunities and kind of what the award has become is it, there's so much recency bias, which I get because everyone kind of positions themselves statistically to be in the conversation and then conference championship weekend. It's like, who's the MVP of that weekend? Um, and I think that's what you'll see this year. I think Kendon Hooker is more than deserving of an invite. I wish he was more in the conversation because I think he's had a phenomenal year. I just don't know if there's anything he could do against South. I mean, he needs statistically to kind of catch up with some of the touchdown passes that other quarterbacks around the country have. But, you know, so if he could have a five-touchdown performance, at least cut into that, because he's 10 touchdowns behind uh, Drake May and C.J. Stroud, and that's like a pretty glaring, you know, difference. And I know he's rushed for touchdowns too, and and I hate that, like, we're, it's a statistical award. It's just a reality of what it's become. So I don't love it, but I think ultimately he just kind of can continue to have this impressive year and here's the thing, like, who cares about the Heisman if you're Tennessee? You're watching to t hopefully you get another chance at Georgia with pristine conditions. You know, you don't have to play in that crowd noise, which played an impact. That's, I think, your your consolation prize if you're Tennessee. I, I, Hendon Hooker's a great kid. You just, maybe you can get him a chance, another shot at Georgia, or just another shot for a national title for Tennessee, which is a testament to what a remarkable job Josh Heupel's done there in year two. One game that's uh, intriguing this weekend, uh, Auburn is hosting Western Kentucky. And at the start of the year, you would have looked at this game and went, ah, who cares about this one? But it's a close game. Western Kentucky, about a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Their offense and defense have been fantastic. Cadillac Williams, though, he has really rallied the troops as the interim coach there. Uh, kind of a two-parter here. It, I mean, this is going to be a tough game for Auburn. Do you think they, they win it at home? And two, do you think Cadillac Williams needs to be considered as the full-time permanent coach at Auburn with what he's done there? So it is a very, very tricky game. I do think Auburn will be okay. I think that's the one thing Cadillac Williams has sold the players. He's getting buy-in, which is unbelievable. And some of the scenes last week, you know, the crowd of him, the appreciation they were showing, I think he's got the locker room, and that's huge. And I think this game will be close, but I think ultimately you kind of have to rely on the athletes at Auburn to get it done here, and I think they will. I think they'll be able to shut down or at least hold in check Western Kentucky's offense, which is one of the you know trickier offenses to defend, uh, 
And then with Cadillac Williams, so I think he absolutely should be at the front of the line for the interview process. But I think you've got to be really careful in this, like Auburn, it's, it almost like writes the jokes in itself, how much of a disaster it's been in the last seven or eight years, you know, since they played for the national championship against Florida state, got to be really careful. You don't make an emotional decision. Cadillac Williams may be the right guy for the job, um, but keep him in the conversation. See how it goes, because here's the thing. We can say all the names we want, and we've done this. Other schools have done this too. Are you sure you can get whoever you want? And the reality is Auburn may not be able to get whoever they want. And I know there's names out there that feel like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't they come there? Well, look at their track record with coaches. I mean, coaches, is it a st- coaches want stability too. And if you come in and you have two losing seasons or two, not even losing season, if you go seven and five or eight and four and then a seven and five, you're probably on the hot seat. And this is a big turnaround that you've got to do playing again. You know, in the SEC West, it's only going to get tougher. So I think you have to kind of keep him on the table because he might end up being the best candidate that you can get. So I think they, I think it's going to be a really intriguing coaching search. You know, Hugh Freeze, Dion, the names that are out there. I think are very compelling and I think they'd be good options, but I think Cadillac Williams in the end might be one that you could fall into and maybe even get him to take a rate. That's not, you know, going to break the bank and have a buyout. And if you've got the player buy-in to me, that's worth more than any amount of money can pay. So get him, get him on a good contract. If it, it comes to that and see what he can do. Yeah, some people kind of think in the Ed Ogeron model, you know, could you make him the right. CEO and go hire the best OC in D.C. out there and maybe it could work. It's it's within the realm of possibility. We'll see, but I'm with you. I think big splash name is what they're looking for. We're talking with Danny Cannell, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. A reminder to check out Bet Online for updated college football playoff conference Heisman and college football week 12 lines. Just a couple more for you, Danny, before we get out of here. Anybody else in college football this weekend an upset, upset alert in your mind? Uh, TCU. I mean, TCU, to me, uh, in the Big 12, I love the story. I actually faded him last week. I thought it came to an end last week against Texas. I could not have been more wrong. But it does feel like, you know, when you're a kid, your mom tells you if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. It just feels like TCU's played with fire so many times. I think they could be going into a really tough environment in Baylor, in Waco. You know, the Big 12, uh, you know, or the Big uh, Noon Fox crew is going to be there. I think it'll be a good environment. To me, it comes down to the TCU run game because Max Duggan has been good but not great the last few weeks that they've played. But their running game has been what's really been impressive. So I'm I'm curious to see if if they get the run game going against Dave Rand, who's one of the better defensive coordinators, and you know as a head coach, his defense is always tough to run through. LSU fans know about that. Um, I think TCU should be on absolutely should be on upset alert. I hope I'm wrong because I want them to continue. I love the underdog story, but I think they could come to an end. The other ones, and this is interesting because you met out, you know, the cupcake weekend. Uh, just to piggyback on that, that, I hate it as well. Everyone has cupcakes in the country. It's not just the SEC. What I think we need to do is have when we look at the way college football is going to change. We're going to see 12-team playoff. We're going to see you know conference realignment with Oklahoma Texas coming to the SEC and UC- USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. While we're doing all this, can we get scheduling continuity and some sort of master schedule that at least, and it's probably an improbability, just like we're not going to see a commissioner. 
but can we at least get everybody on the same page so that every conference is playing? I would love to see 10 Power 5 games and two, you know, games against whoever you want to schedule. Right. But then when we do this, can we mix them around so we don't have a weekend that's a complete dud and there's only about three or four compelling games? Can we mix in those cupcakes throughout so that we don't have them all loaded either on the front end or the back end? Like, let's get them all throughout because Michigan played three cupcakes to start their schedule. Um, so I'd love to see that addressed when we change college football and expand the playoffs. I'd love to see scheduling continuity, especially since we're trying to choose – you know, who do we think is the best? And we're comparing resumes. How do you compare resumes when some of them are completely different? We see eight team, you know, eight conference games and some teams play four cupcakes. I mean, I just want to see continuity. So we're comparing apples to apples as opposed to apples to oranges. It's a great thought. Danny, before we get you out of here, give me your, uh, who are your four teams in the playoff right now? I'm going to go a little bit chalk. I'll say Georgia's in. I'm going to say... Ohio State is in. I'm gonna say he just put TCU on upset alert, so we can't put them in, right? I'm gonna say, and now I'm trying to go with the seating here. I'm gonna say Tennessee is in. Okay, and I'm gonna say Michigan is in. Wow. Is that four? That's four. So two big. So two SEC, yeah, two, big, two big Ten. Man, you the ACC. Because I do. I think USC. You, you mentioned upset alert. I think USC, they already got the one loss. I think they could be an upset alert. Their schedule's t- Even if they beat UCLA this weekend, they have Notre Dame has gotten trickier. Then a Pac-12 championship. I think they could have two losses. I think TCU, even if they're a one loss, I think Clemson's probably eliminated just the perception of them this year. So I think you could see, the, and it depends on if that game, uh, the game is close. If it is, and Michigan, Ohio State are close, I think they kind of get two teams in. And Tennessee basically feels like, they just got to hold serve and win out the regular season as heavy favorites. They should. Like, I feel like they're kind of sitting right there looking at being in two. So I think we could see two SEC, two Big Ten. The commissioners from the Pac-12 and the and the Big 12 are on line one. They they just want to complain and moan. Go, Where's our ticket? Stop taking teams from the same conference. Danny, always uh, good to talk with you, man. Thanks so much for the time, and uh, we'll do this again real soon. I hope so, Chris. Enjoy the games this weekend. All right, he is Danny Cannell, and of course, appearing on behalf of our friends over at Bet Online. Check out all the lines up there at Bet Online. They got all the updated college football playoff odds, conference, Heisman, and college football week 12 lines at Bet Online and BetOnline.net. Get back to it in just a second, guys, but this episode is brought to you by Nugenics. We've been telling you about Nugenics. If you want to feel younger, remember when you were at the peak of your testosterone production, Nugenics Total T is going to help you get back to feeling the way you want to. If you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock and re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Again, their Total T contains a man-boosting key ingredients like Testofen. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. And because Nugenics Total T boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs, you're going to feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive and more passion to your partner will notice a difference. Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. 
This is the uh, way to take advantage, guys. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text the word COLLEGE to 231231. Text now, get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231231. Text COLLEGE to 231231. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. All right, final segment here on Locked On SEC. Before we call the show, we got to get to our SEC Week 12 picks. So let's take a look at all the lines happening this weekend in SEC Week 12. We'll first start with Alabama and Austin P. And Eastern Tennessee State and Mississippi State, they are not on the board with better lines. So if you find those somewhere, more power to you. But uh, they're not even on the board for battle line because they're expected to be absolute blowouts. But let's get to some of the games that we have lines on. First one, look, I love this matchup, UMass at Texas A&M. We talked about it with Danny Cannell. I know UMass is 1-9. and nine. I know they're god-awful. But I just cannot, based on what we've seen from Texas A&M all season long, I cannot think that they're 33.5 points better than anybody in college football I'm taking UMass plus the 33.5. Look, if A&M wins 45-0, good for them. But I just can't I can't envision that. So we're taking UMass plus the 33.5. We're going to watch this one on ESPN Plus on Saturday morning. Uh, next up, we got Florida at Vandy. Vandy, a 14-point home underdog. I kind of like uh, Florida to cover these points. I know Vandy's riding high with the big win in Lexington a week ago, but Florida... Uh, Man, they ran it all over South Carolina a week ago in the swamp. I think Florida goes into Vandy, maybe close for a half, but I think uh, I think the Gators pull away in the second half. Give me Florida minus the 14. I think they cover that. Georgia at Kentucky. Look, I think this is a lost cause for Kentucky. They are 22-and-a-half-point home underdogs. Crazy to think with all that talent they have. Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez and Dane Key and all these – Great young receivers and some good pieces on defense. I just think they lose by more than three touchdowns at home to Georgia. Give me Georgia minus the 22 and a half. I would love to see Kentucky cover that. I just don't think they do. I think they're in a rough spot right now. That offensive line is god-awful. Jalen Carter has been getting after it these last couple weeks with a couple of sacks. I think uh, Will Levis has no time to throw, and I think he's either getting sacked a ton or throwing interceptions. Next up, we got Western Kentucky at Auburn. This is, you know, at least from the betting lines, one of the games of the week. Auburn is only a four-and-a-half-point home favorite against Western Kentucky. Look, I'm rooting for Auburn. I want them to win, but I'm taking Western Kentucky plus the four-and-a-half. That defense has been so opportunistic all year long. They've got one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Throwing the football, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is very good. I'm taking Western plus the four-and-a-half. Maybe if Auburn wins, they only win by a field goal, but... Western Kentucky plus four and a half. I want to see Cadillac Williams keep this thing rolling, but I don't think they do. Next up, Tennessee at South Carolina. Tennessee, a 22-point road favorite. I think, you know, South Carolina's been having their struggles. Marshawn Lloyd's been banged up. Uh, Spencer Rattler's been up and down. I would normally take, you know, a team like South Carolina and other fans are going to show up and show out. I would normally take them to cover the three touchdowns, but... Tennessee's trying to prove a point. We saw them score 66 against Missouri last week. They're trying to run up scores. One, they're trying to help Hendon Hooker's uh, Heisman candidacy. But two, they are trying to uh, get into the playoff. 
as that fourth seed team. So they are going to try to run this score up. I'm taking Tennessee minus the 22 because I think even in the fourth quarter, if they put in Joe Milton, they're going to still be throwing like they did a week ago against Mizzou. Next up, the official game of the week in most people's eyes, Ole Miss at Arkansas. Ole Miss, a two-point road favorite at Arkansas. I've talked to so many people this week who keep just saying Arkansas is a home underdog. you got to jump on them. But I think Ole Miss finds a way to get it done. Quinshawn Judkins, the SEC leader in rushing now. Jackson Dart has been pretty good. Two close losses to, to LSU and Ole Miss. Uh, and those are two really – or uh, rather – LSU and Alabama, I think those are two really good teams. So I think Ole Miss goes and gets it done at Arkansas. Give me Ole Miss minus the two. By the way, Lane Kiffin uh, got an offer to stay, a long-time offer to stay at Ole Miss and make him one of the highest-paid coaches in the SEC. See what Auburn counters with. Uh, Last couple games, New Mexico State is at Mizzou. Mizzou is a 29-point home favorite. The Mizzou offense has been so inconsistent to me. I can't take them 29 points better than anybody. So I'm going to take New Mexico State plus the 29 and lastly, UAB at LSU. This smells like a stinky line. LSU only a 14.5-point home favorite against UAB. UAB has been a good program in recent years. This year, not the best record for them this year. I think LSU wins, and they win big, and they cover that 14.5. I think they win by you know, 25, 28, something like that. So give me LSU minus the 14.5. There you have it. Those are our picks. We got UMass plus the 33.5 against A&M. We got Florida minus the 14 against Vandy. We got Georgia minus 22.5 against Kentucky. We got Western Kentucky plus four and a half against Auburn. Tennessee minus the 22 at South Carolina. Ole Miss minus the two at Arkansas. New Mexico State plus the 29 at Mizzou. And LSU minus the 14 and a half against UAB. Those are our official picks for SEC Week 12. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to all of you for listening and watching and checking us out on YouTube and uh, listening wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday with our winners of the weekend right here on Locked on SEC.